0: All right, all right, all right. Here we go. This is Stories and Solutions, and I am Mr. Todd. This is a special episode. I know that the month of mental health is in May, but I think every month is mental health because we all have problems with our health. I thought I'd speak on it, and I'd put in some personal things maybe here and there that uh, you can connect with, and hopefully it'll help someone. So this is the one o'clock in the morning show. I am Mr. Todd, stories and solutions, and here we go. All right. So this week's episode, I just thought I'd talk about something because I'm kind of by myself this week, and I was really thinking about things that I just keep seeing over and over again, and it's mental health. I just felt like I should give my two cents, I guess. I work mental health. I've been working in mental health for 23 years, and some of you that don't know may say, oh, well, I thought you do music. Somebody might say, oh, I thought you do poetry, or whatever it is. I thought you had a t-shirt. Yeah, I do a lot of things, but my my job, I guess, uh, my career has been working with people with um, severely emotionally disturbed situations, which is goes all the way across the board, and I've worked with kids with and adults actually with autism i still do i've worked as a job coach i technically still do i because i am a life coach i've worked with juvenile hall group home and foster home kids so the common thread here is all of these things are part of the mental health which obviously in those situations are declined or affected negatively so I've just always been a person that wanted to help. So even if I, you know, had a a billion dollars, I'd still do what I do, maybe not as in the same way. For example, if I do motivational speaking, um, that's to reach a bigger audience all at once and hopefully connect to, believe it or not, even 10 people out of 500 that I may speak to. So that definition of mental illness is considered to be a disorder that refers to the wide range of mental health conditions and the disorder that affects your mood that can be mental illness your it affects your thinking your behavior so examples of these things if anybody has depression which many do i i deal with depression anxiety probably high up on my list um schizophrenia um, eating disorders and addictive behaviors so if you are a drinker a smoker a comfort eater let's see what else is addictive some people are addicted to like sports like they jump out of airplanes or and i mean extreme sports so some people are addicted to riding a motorcycle but it has to be at you know high speeds and and uh, something that's dangerous i guess um there's all kinds of things that are addictive gambling um those are all mental illness because your your body your brain rather is looking i guess what the word is the dopamine you're looking for some type of reaction which is usually a distraction which is what i tell people that's what the definition is i look at mental illness as anything that disrupted your life on the course that you had that changed the I guess trajectory or even the way you see things so I figured I'd give you some examples for example when I was growing up I always looked at these things later and tried to figure out if that is is this why I am the way I am and um, for example my dad when I was like five he was gone right so I don't remember I would say probably about 10 11 years old close to maybe 10 well, I saw him when I was nine for my birthday, but that was for like a day or two. And then after that, I didn't see him again for another year. But this was not just not see. I didn't talk to him. So um, one of the things that I seen as consistent in my life at that time when I was younger, you tend to think that the person is gone because they don't want to be around you. And as kids, they you tend to think like, oh, well, my dad or you know my mom if your mom left whatever that they're still alive but they are not actively in your life we tend to think that it's because of the child like the child thinks what did i do wrong and i have two sisters so i actually wondered like wouldn't you want to have be around your son and like for example now i have a a son and a daughter and I'm not playing favorites, but obviously my son was first born first. So he is, and I've never had a son and I always wanted a son. And I actually didn't expect to have kids because I had passed that threshold of 30. Um, you know, you make plans and you say, oh, I'm gonna, I want a kid by this age and I want to be married by this age and blah, blah, blah. I always wanted a son and uh, didn't know if I would have one. But I, I wasn't. I think subconsciously I wanted to be a great dad, and that's obviously should be everybody's goal, and to at least improve on what you had. So I never would want my kids to feel like if my wife and I split, for example, I wouldn't want them to ever feel like it's because of them so i'd be very clear and let them know ahead of time because i would make sure that they don't have the lasting effects which is that mental illness right so that was one of the the things i thought about that was in life for me um not having my my father around so the other thing i thought about and this is just kind of be kind of funny i guess i was at the doctor today eye doctor because it's one of these labels say schizophrenia and he and he probably thinks i'm a schizo because i we were talking about um he kept asking why am i so quiet and low-key which is another factor i thought about with the, this was one of the things i was thinking about before doing the show i had told him yeah when i don't want to talk to someone i just tell him my name isn't you know i'm not mr todd that's a twin of mine or something and I know they'll think you're nuts and whatever but that's actually the point (laughs) and that was that if you really don't want somebody talk to you right what do most people do they dismiss you and they uh, call you crazy so that's um, sometimes you just become that and uh, you kind of do things that make people avoid you which is negative (laughs) I admit but um, think about it. If somebody tells you, how many times have you been called crazy, crazy in your life? I've been called crazy a lot, even today, but I deserved it because um, I said, oh, when I want to talk to someone, I just say, my name is Roger or whatever the name was I gave. And then I just say, no, that's not me. And then I'll change my voice and go, for real, it's not the way I speak. I don't even know what you're talking about. But it was a joke. And um, I realized when I was, I was telling my wife. The joke I, I thought about, if you don't really know me, then you probably would think I was nuts. And some people that do know me think I'm nuts. But the reason why I'm saying that is that definition of crazy is mentally deranged, especially if it's manifested in a wild way or an ag- aggressive way. Um, but another way of calling somebody crazy is it's extremely enthusiastic. Like, I'm crazy about this girl right? So you really like that girl or guy or whatever you like. Um, but it pretty much it means extreme, right? And then you say, but mentally something's wrong with you. That's what they call you. And it's kind of dismissive. It makes you not relevant. It makes you like, that dude's crazy or that girl's crazy. So then you shouldn't be messing with crazy, right? So then therefore that person, even if they're not crazy, you just made them have a disorder because they are now in a box that's kind of one of the, uh, the thoughts I had on um, this whole subject of how we treat each other. And we say things like, man, you're nuts or whatever. And if you don't really know what that other person feels about themselves, you might be saying something that uh, really does dig deep because we all have um, things that are inside of us that we don't necessarily want to show. And show people that there's a weakness, maybe, or there's a doubt in ourselves. So you might have hit the nail on the head without knowing it. And I know for a fact, when I was in high school, people bullied me. So um, when you say certain things, like I have a family, I guess, would it be family, friend? Um, Well, whatever. I've known them forever. One day, I won't say any names. One day, um, one of them called me a freak and I didn't realize it until maybe 10 minutes later when I was standing outside by myself that I walked away because I was uh, hurt. And I think it was that PTSD, which is, you know, post-traumatic stress disorder, which is a mental illness, that you have that because it affected you that way, right? And it's because when I was younger, I was called a freak. And it was mainly because, well, I shouldn't say why. I don't really know why, because I wasn't the one calling me that. But I know that in high school, like, for example, I dressed like Michael Jackson, where I wore, like, high waters or comp floods. But it was really because my pants didn't fit. But then I had uh, white socks, you know. But I did like Michael Jackson. I still do. Um, but that wasn't necessarily the only reason why I dress that way so you know if somebody if i was able to do something different like some people can cross their eyes or their tongue can touch their nose and then to say somebody called you a freak if it was if this is consistent you start to wonder if that's or you start calling yourself that or believing that you yeah? know now you are given a illness so without sound like an encyclopedia i just thought that uh maybe someone else out there thinking I didn't ever think about it like that. Cause that's kind of how it happened to me. When I started helping kids, I started looking at my life and thinking like, wow, when I was this age, I didn't know shit. And, and not just, I didn't know it. I didn't have anyone in my corner. I didn't really have, like I said, I didn't grow up with my dad around me. So a lot. So, and it wasn't when he wasn't around, it wasn't like he talked to me. Like my mom was at work. Or I have two sisters. I'm the youngest one. They might say I was a spoiled one, but I'm talking about being able to talk to someone. It's a lot easier to talk to a, to someone, your, your peer group, I guess. And most of the time, you're not going to talk to your sister because they're older than me. Uh, most, of your, most of the time, you don't talk to your mom, although I talked to my mom. But I also, I used to call my friend's mother that who I'm still close to to this day, from high school and before, they were like another mom. And I don't mean it in a diminishing my mom. I'm saying in the sense of I couldn't talk to my mom, so I was able to talk to them. And it wasn't because my mom wouldn't listen to me. It was I didn't want to tell her anything, or I really didn't feel she could handle that. So, you know, if somebody was bullying you or whatever it may be, I would love to hear what anyone has to say, their thoughts or, you know, opinions, feedback, whatever on uh, on this. And um, I'm going to take a quick little break. Come back. This is Stories and Solutions. We are talking about mental health. I am Mr. Todd. Today's episode is sponsored by Tat T-shirts conversation clothing to make you think tat t-a-t-t hyphen t-e-e shirts dot com or on the gram at tat t-a-t-t underscore t double e shirts alrighty now I'm back I am Mr. Todd. This is Stories and Solutions. I was talking about mental health. So mental health is including your emotional, psychological, and social well-being. It's a well-being. It's a good thing, right? Mental health. So you should be able to make sure that, how do you say, health is wealth? That that should be your priority. Shout out to Dr. Jason. I'd like you to uh, listen to this. So your mental health it affects how we think, obviously, how we feel and how we act, but it helps determine how we handle stress. So if you're like mental exercise, my little brother, I call him my little brother, but at uh, a uh, DLP, we were talking and he made a comment about doing mental gymnastics or something. I can't remember exactly the words he used, but that's pretty much how I actually try to talk to students that if your brain is a muscle and your arm is a muscle, your chest is a muscle and you want to look good for the ladies or if you're a woman and you like working out and you want to look good for yourself or other people, however, you work on that muscle. You got to you keep toning it. Right. You keep it tight. You stretch it. You exercise. You, you know, you, you work it out. You work it out. That's the, the main thing. You work it out. Well, that's the same thing. How how equipped you are. So I've been to a ton of, a ton of stressful events in my life. As this show continues, if people are listening to it, um, you'll get to know me a little bit more because obviously I share um, with the goal of helping people. So that stress that I had to deal with early on, like one of the episodes I mentioned seeing uh, a murder early, early, I was like, seven years old if you are not equipped at that time you can go down the wrong road if you are equipped and how many kids are seven are equipped to see that but if you're older for example because you were trained like say you were in the military or you just came from a strong-minded family this is how you deal with stress like your day your day right and then that stress is going to relate you to others So if somebody insults you, or if someone says something negative, like one day I was at work, for example, and someone had a pen and my pen, and instead of handing me the pen, they threw it on the ground. And even if they were joking, if my mental health wasn't strong, I might've lost my job because I would've went off on that person saying, you know, what's your, what's your problem? You know, um, but my mental health is strong and in this respect anyway, to be able to say to myself, don't go there because that person is doing that to get a reaction out of you. And in reality, for someone to do that, it actually shows their mental illness or lack of mental health. Right? So I try to teach people that I work with for life coaching or, the kids that I'm with uh, that are emotional disturbance, I try to show them the mental exercise. This health, this mental health, it's important because like at every stage of your life, you know, from childhood to when you're a teenager to adulthood, you have to learn how to deal with others and make healthy choices and how to handle stress. And that's when you bring in things like meditation or Breathing, or walking, and exercising again—exercising your brain, reading. There's all kinds of ways. There's just so many ways to do it, but we have to be strong enough to want to do it and have the will. A lot of times we don't, and there's nothing wrong with you. It's just that's the effects of something, right? Something happened. So here's a question that I had: Was uh, can depression in the world in the womb rather cause depression in the child? And part of me thought of that because my mom used to tell me all these stories about when she was pregnant. And uh, I don't know if it was all of us or me. I really don't remember. But the point is, is that if she said her and my dad were going through it or whatever, and there's depression, right? Or they split up or whatever it may be. If you're pregnant, it doesn't have to be my mom. It could be anybody. Um, How many people are pregnant and their mate? is uh hitting them or they're pregnant and you know the person isn't really mature enough to be happy about having the miracle of a child coming into this world uh to bless you and instead they look at it as a burden right and then they start uh, mentally or verbally abusing the woman so she has sadness depression right anxiety and i always thought i because i'm a very spiritual type of person where and i mean by energy not i'm not talking about like typical stuff i'm just talking just raw energy we all are but whoever believes it is what you are right so if you i believe that that energy you know like if if somebody is in the elevator with you and they're like super tense you don't have to know them. You can be blindfolded. And if you're in tune to yourself, you can feel that uh, tenseness. So um, that's what I mean by energy. Uh, my neighbor downstairs, she's, um, I don't say names uh, just because, but um, she's one of the people that I know that are her, her I guess her job or whatever you want to call it. Uh, she is into, positivity like she she coaches i guess through through positive platform so she doesn't like even if you talk about something negative it's like get that away from me now that's a whole another episode because i think it's impossible i think we all have to have negative and positive without the negative you can't get to the positive right so the reason why i'm saying this is when you have this stress you know inside i think that you would feel that same energy And because you're directly connected through that uh, placenta. So I looked it up and it says um, there was a study in Maryland and it said that they found the feelings of stress or depression while pregnant are linked to changes in the placenta where the child is growing. That's amazing. The feelings of stress or depression while pregnant are linked to changes in the placenta. Therefore, that's like how you say, like DNA, like that's straight through. You can't get away from that. I always wondered, uh, like I said, when I was seven, I saw a murderer, my neighbor. So can that, can seeing trauma cause mental illness? And I looked that up. And uh, I also spoke to psychologists. I've spoken to psych I've spoken to other life coaches like myself and just regular people just to ask. And they're all these opinions are pretty close. So if you look at the effects of a crime, it can include uh, increased fear. So like people like me, when I was a kid, if I was one of those people that didn't want to leave the house or if I'm paranoid around people, which I am, i'm 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 not i'm paranoid in the sense of i'm I'm aware i'm not afraid to be around people i just don't like being around a bunch of people um but it heightens your anxiety right there was an article in the cleveland clinic on the effects of true crime so too much true crime so like these are for people that watch true crime also all the time um it ceases to be about curiosity and then it starts to become a fear-based thing. So, for example, you can uh, watch or have like almost like an obsession on knowing about true crimes. You watch it, you, you study it, what have you. And that's curiosity, right? But then when you have too much of it, it becomes that you're watching it or exploring it or discussing it out of fear. So that's the effect of seeing trauma. The, the trauma you see, um, you you tend to now almost try to make your brain have a wall of protection for a situation that has not even developed after the fact that you already had one. So in the future, you're like, I want to make sure that if this happens, when this happens again, and which creates it, that I'm not going to be this way. Right, I'm not going to react this way, and that is actually part of the illness, right? Because it causes your brain to now start uh, hyper being hyper aware, and that can be good or bad. Um, the effects of bullying, so uh, I think pretty much I won't say everybody, but I'd say probably about 80% of people in the world have been bullied in, in one way or another, if, even if it's minor, like you're, you're like my son is three and a half years, roughly three years older than his sister. And that's just brother-sister situation, but that's still bullying, right? It's not necessarily to hurt her, but as you get older, you should realize that. And that's a form of bullying. Same as uh, when you're in middle school or junior high, or nowadays elementary school is what junior high, was so the bullying starts early and the more people that are um, obsessed with looks and status and stuff like that as you get younger you know you don't have you wear sketchers or you know um, some people can't afford those but they, you know you get teased i remember when i had to shop at uh payless and There was these black shoes. They didn't have anything labeled or anything on them. They were just Payless shoes. And they were heavy. And uh, they were just plain. But I got teased, you know, from that, bullied. But, like, again, that will be a whole other episode. So the people that are bullied today are cyberbullied. And this can increase or may increase your child's risk of anxiety, depression. You usually have low self-esteem. And the worst one, you start to feel worthless because you're basing your worth on material things and on opinions of others that don't really matter because they don't live with you. They're not putting air in your lungs. If anything, they're taking away your breath because you're stressing and you're breathing heavier, right? We don't only have so many. But these days with cyberbullying, for example, I think those are a bunch of cowards. I can't stand it. Like, Here's a good example. I was on uh, Instagram and mind you, the person that I followed uh, is a lot younger than I am, but I'm not following her because I'm like, ooh, she's hot. I'm following her because I was like, wow, she is a um, an engineer. And I thought, this is really cool. She's you know, um, yeah. You know, I've not. I don't really know very many young women engineers. There's a, a organization, Girls Meet uh, Make Beats, and um, I met the founder, the people that uh, run that, uh, when I was working at a school. I wouldn't say this was right before the pandemic, and uh, so that would have been 2019, something like that. One of the students I had. Her name's Madison. I can say her name. She's she. Her family knows me. Um, she was into that, and a lot of the kids they play music and stuff like that. So she was part of this organization, and that whole organization, uh, the girls make beats. It's to promote, you know, positive and and growth and a career realistically, and they have stuff like DJs and stuff like that. So they're not sponsoring me. I'm just saying this because it's a positive thing and I'll have to make sure I link them or something. But, um, I brought this up because I was on Instagram and I saw this. So I was like, oh, this is cool. But the, the, um, they call it the DAW, the, the workspace that you, um, are using on the computer. So like they have stuff, it's called logic, um. There's Reason. There's Foodie Loops. There's FL. What well, that is, Fruity Loops. Uh, there's Pro Tools. There's a whole bunch of kind of Ableton. Um, I couldn't see. I have poor vision, as I've said this before too. But I couldn't see um, her screen on the Instagram post. So I just typed in what uh, interface do you use, and I put the one I use, and. Just that simple question. This is cyberbullying. I had. I won't say. I won't even promote or uh, dignify them. These idiots uh, that responded. That man. This guy. Somebody said, "What a stupo!" It, like stupid, right? Because I I mentioned the one I use. So to them, I should know what she's using, although I can't see any of it. To see the name, I could see the grid, but. In reality, Stupo, you would see that most of those grids, they all look the same, which is why I asked. Um, I was just curious because she she also used a very similar keyboard that I use. It's like MPK, but mine's a MPK 49. So I had wrote that in there and I was just curious. I didn't even expect an answer. I was curious. And then another person put, what is this fool blind? Somebody else put uh, that I was stupid. Oh, and then someone else put if I really did music, then I would know. So to me, I could respond intelligently, again, mental exercise, and say, Well, think about it, genius. If you're so smart and so good, why are you on this thing taping to somebody you don't know about a conversation you weren't involved in, which makes you the stupo because nobody cares about you. At least I don't. So instead of wasting that energy, like I said before, I use it in a positive way. I use this experience and let people know if something like that happens to you on Instagram, ignore these people. Don't get into a war of words because they're not worth your time. But that, if your mind isn't strong enough, that could get to you. It bothered me for a minute because I just thought like, why? You know, then I realized because you're just people out there are stupid. And that was the end of it. So that's cyberbullying, right? And that behavior, it changes because you end up avoiding talking to people. You end up avoiding socializing with people. And that's pretty sad. That is how I think about um, mental illness. And this is the number one solution is mental exercise. You have to be able to tell yourself I'm worth it. I am worth it. I'm not gonna allow this situation. Now, is that going to work every time? Probably not. But if you at least have a baseline, at least have a beginning of uh, resistance to, I'm only going to let people treat me a certain way, then you'll be good. I'm going to wrap this up. And um, there's some other things that I just thought I'd throw in there about mental health and mental illness. These are the things that I, with all the stuff I've been discussing so far, so, if you go all the way back from the beginning, if I was talking about depression in the womb, uh, that's cause, causes, I guess, of mental illness. So, you might want to look at your life, and sometimes that's how we fix things. The trauma that can be caused, like I said before, about seeing things too early on in life, bullying, and uh, here's another one, uh, also, I'll uh, I'll get to it in another, another episode, but homelessness. So ch- children that experience homelessness, they tend to have chronic disease. And disease is really just a word of this for like literature people. DIS is without, right? And then ease. So your body's not at ease and it's because you're homeless, right? You're uncertain. You have behavioral health concerns. A lot of times you have developmental delays. You obviously... This is through hunger, malnutrition. If you're malnourished, your brain isn't getting the proper nutrients or proteins, then you tend to have issues, right? So that's that's one other way. If you had any type of abuse, whether it's physical, if it's uh, sexual, verbal, people that experience trauma, they tend to have a sense of shame, they have a sense of disgust at their own self. That's why a lot of times people cut. They are so numb that they are trying to feel, at least the people that I've counseled and worked with. Um, this is their words, not mine. And um, because you're like, like crawling in your own skin, right? And then you have addictive compulsive behaviors, which I mentioned earlier. And that's a that's part of the tools of trauma victims. So this is how they tolerate the shame or they tolerate experiences. They have addictive things. So some people use drugs. Some people drink. uh, Some people smoke. Some people eat. Some cut. Some uh, burn. Some tattoo themselves. There's a whole bunch of things. But uh, compulsive sexuality, if you were uh, sexually abused, you might have a compulsive sexuality and a logical coping strategy right to deal with the trauma some people disassociate and they break apart from who they are that's why i made the joke earlier about i was at my eye doctor and i told him that yeah when i don't want to talk to people i just say Oh, well, i'm not todd and yeah i didn't think about i technically i don't really care but i didn't think about like this person might say well this dude's kind of weird right Um, but it's, you're disassociating. And it was a joke, obviously, but, and you have shame. That shame tends to go into like self-esteem. And here's a good example. If you are an adult and you have excess weight, right? So it says here, the weight has 55% higher risk of developing depression over your lifetime compared to people that did not struggle with obesity and the research linked is being overweight with significant increases in depression bipolar disorder panic disorder and agoraphobia which is um like an irrational fear of going into crowded places i don't have a rational fear because i don't freak out that much i mean yeah sometimes i need to be medicated to go into like we were just at um Universal Studios the other day, that was um, for my son's birthday. So I tolerate it, right? But I really don't do well in crowds because it's like sensory overload. Um, But that's what happens. You end up having a fear, but I don't don't have agoraphobia, but that's one of the symptoms, right? And some people are afraid to leave their house. Some people are afraid to be in a place where getting out is difficult that's part of that is my issue actually i am a person that's usually by a door i'm usually in a corner or by a a door i always have a way out mental health mental illness divorce that brings on all kinds of stuff so like if you're a child of divorce you feel lost right because you lost a parent um sometimes you lose both you have anger a lot of times you have confusion Anxiety, all of the above, and all this is just from a transition of divorce. My wife comes from a, a divorce family. I have I come from a divorce family, and but as children, it leaves them overwhelmed and emotionally like overly sensitive. So even if um say they get rejected because they wanted to go sing, whereas they would have kept singing trying you might have this situation and that heightened depending on their age obviously but their heightened sensitivity they can't handle no you know uh stuff like that so like even if you're not even if your your family is divorced and you're older you still have that same feeling of anger resentment confusion fear all that but it it wreaks havoc on your emotional makeup when you look in the mirror Um, This causes you pain, and some people can't even look at themselves in the mirror, right? Some people just despise the way they are, who they are, because they don't feel adequate. These are all mental illnesses. So to wrap it up, I obviously it's a short episode, but you should not feel like you're alone. Because if you really go back to what I was saying, everything I hit on, you're going to know someone or knew someone that has one of these and that might be the door opening to you are not alone. And, um, I should be playing a Michael Jackson song right now, but <laughs> no, but seriously, you know, you're not. And I feel alone a lot. I said this at work the other day, cause someone we were doing a community circle with the kids and they had to describe their emotions based on a picture of a dog and underneath that picture had the word. So one of the pictures I came to, I was trying to find a word to describe my feelings at that time, was lonely. And I remember connecting so well to that word, and I said, wow, that word is really relevant right now. And then all of a sudden, the stigma, boom. Like I said, like at the doctor, oh, he's not joking, he's crazy, right? Dismiss. Um, at work, I say, lonely. All of a sudden, hey, do you need help? You know, and it's great that you ask, but is it really, are you asking because you want to help or are you asking because you want to like pry? For me, being lonely is sometimes it's not because you want to jump off a roof. I think sometimes you're like for me, when I'm lonely, it's because I truly feel alone in my thinking process. To be called a freak is because I feel alone because people don't understand me. I'm very misunderstood most of the time, but I'm very direct. I don't really pull punches, but I don't have malice. I don't have, I don't say things to hurt people. I'm trying to say something so that I don't hurt you. But all these factors are things that you should think about and you can get on the road to trying to help yourself. And, you know, even when we find people like codependency, we find people that are like, and you start hanging out with them because you both are damaged, right? Then you end up being codependent, another illness, because you don't know how to deal alone. So that's what I'm trying to get to. You don't have to be alone, but you should be able to know that you are strong enough to get through. And if you don't think you are, then you lean on people, people that care. So I hope this helps somebody. And if it did, Or if you have something else to say, go on Stories and Solutions and uh, email me or DM me, whichever you choose. So until next time, I'm Mr. Todd. This is Stories and Solutions. Thank you and be easy.